Good morning, everybody. I hope you all had a good holiday, Christmas, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, whatever the fuck you do. I hope you had a good time. And uh, if you did absolutely nothing, I don't blame you. And I don't think anybody else should blame you. But uh, yeah, I'm just going to pull you up to speed a little bit. I have been doing this show since uh, mid-October. And it's crazy to think like, just I'm just like thinking back to 2001 in school and I'm thinking about fucking C-Lab and talking that with my friends and um you know we joked about what it would be like to be in 2021 like that was a thing that we would uh joke about occasionally and now we're finally at that point like we're finally days away from that you know that's crazy how much uh, time has gone by and you know, with everything that's going on, it's not really something to be enthusiastic about, but still, like, you know, that that's kind of insane to me. And as a fan of C-Lab from day one, I never would have speculated that I would make a broadcast, you know, let alone make one broadcast, but also have my first one just be me interviewing the family of Harry Gauze and just, like, learning new things about his career and what he had to go through. Like, that was such an incredible experience, especially for like a first time thing. And, you know, I was going into it thinking like this would not overwhelm me. And it did like it fucking did within minutes of just me talking to them. Like, I I felt like I couldn't do it. I felt like I wasn't able to. And but Jake and Cameron, they were some of the most kind and understanding people that I've ever met. And, um, you know, I've tried to I've tried approaching all types of people about my work and I tried to, uh, you know, set up a time for them. And of course they're busy, but, you know, uh, Jake and Cameron, they were busy with, you know, like school and work and they had to, you know, they had to deal with that and they took the time to schedule something up and we, you know, we just made it work and I'm, I'm glad they took time out of their day just for that. And, you know, It was definitely one of the best experiences I've ever had in spite of just me being incredibly like overwhelmed and I let them know right away like I was just like really trying to wrap my brain around the whole fucking thing as I was recording it and they were you know they were still kind and I spent like a whole day fixing up the audio because the app fucked it up and You know, I learned a lot in the course since then. And, uh, you know, I've tried getting other people to be interested. It's not always going to happen. It still hasn't really happened in the long run, but I'm, I'm still trying. And lately, what I've been doing is I've just been trying to maintain this whole thing at my own speed. You know, I, I don't waste that much time, or at least I don't try to, you know, like I can do one show can be up to like 20 minutes and that would be enough. And, um, you know, with this, I'm just, I'm not even going to have monetization on this because it's like, what's the fucking point, you know? By the end of the year doing this, I've made approximately $1 and a little bit of change, but that's about it. And I've had like 200 people in total listen to my show. So I don't, obviously that's not really much to brag about, but, uh, you know, I'm still kind of, I'm proud with just about any number. I'm not really that much of a ego type person, you know. I I just hope that whatever I say will reach somebody in some way, you know. 
However, this is something that I do want to do, and this is something that I care about doing, and um, I feel like the payout just isn't ever going to be enough. I mean, I'm not asking for mega hits or anything like that, but, you know, to give me, like, a penny for working all night and day on, like, one thing, like, I, I don't expect any rational person to be like, oh, okay, this is well-deserved, like, no, you know, I sort of want to figure out what my worth is, so that's why I've been trying to figure out um, Patreon, and I've been trying to figure out how to use that, and I sort of have an idea now, so my plan for 2021 is that I will still have this show where I can just post, uh, you know, Aqua Teen Essential, which y'all love, and uh, just post about anything I feel like needs attention, you know what I mean? And then while I do that, I can have um, exclusive shows that don't necessarily pertain to Adult Swim, and I can just talk about uh, I could talk about my experience with South Park in the during the nineties. I could I could talk about my time as a kid watching that, and I can just talk just about anything. And I can try to find uh, people that would be interested. And um, yeah, I I feel like that would be really enjoyable just for me, and also just to you know figure out what my worth is. I want to figure out how I can make this my my job, my calling, because this is something that I do want to do now after years of, you know, bend, bending my back and just working my ass off just to, like, be at this point, I feel like I deserve to give this a try. I think it's something worth trying out. So, um, yeah, I'm going to link the account to this one whenever I get the chance, whenever it's uh fully functional and you guys can check it out for yourselves then it will be five dollars a month just for all the content there and uh, you know i think that's fair i'm not going to go any higher than that but i do need some sort of paywall and i just want to um i i don't see any need to go higher than that but hopefully it works and if not then uh you know fuck it i'm gonna do it anyways just because it's something that i need to do and beyond that, I'm going to keep trying to get more people interested in coming on my show for, you know, a little discussion. But, you know, that's again, that's the hardest part of the whole thing, just finding other people that uh, have the time and that care, you know. So I, I think I've been doing well enough to where I don't really need that second person. I don't really need a, like a co-host. I don't need like other people joining in but it's something that I do want to have in the future and I'm definitely going to need it for whatever I plan for exclusive content but also um I I I think I can do enough just on my own you know I would love for this just to be an independent effort we'll cross that bridge when we get to it but let's talk about adult swim let's talk about some of the good things that adult swim has been doing recently with the 20th anniversary of the stealth airings before Adult Swim even existed. Like, it was just a concept. And they had Aqua Teen, Brack Show, C-Lab, and Harvey Birdman all airing, uh, like, at dead hours, three in the morning, just for a accounting thing, just for uh, something, like, a specific number that they needed to hit in order to, you know, get that thing in notion.
And it's funny because even though you wouldn't consider them to be all that vulgar or risque by today's standards for the sake of them airing it like on Cartoon Network completely unannounced. And I mean, if kids were awake at that time, it probably would be something that they would get phone calls for, especially if they weren't having much, uh, you know, viewer discretion warnings or stuff of that nature. And what I saw on September 2nd of 2001, that was it. That was all I had. Um, I had no recollection of what was going on December of the previous year. I had no idea about the stealth airings even being a thing. I just saw that Adult Swim was happening. So I tuned in for the first night and, you know, the rest is history. But if you were part of the you know, if you did contribute to the stealth ratings, I do applaud you because you were part of like the real raw experience of just like, this is our new thing and we're just going to like throw it at the table. And if you see it, you're the real one, you know what I mean? And what's funny about the 20th anniversary airings, they didn't even have to tell anybody that they were doing it, you know, sort of the tradition. They just didn't tell anybody it was happening. And then they, you know, they suddenly changed the schedule like a blatant last minute decision, but it wasn't even a week and everybody was already talking about it. Everybody was already uh, paying attention to the schedule and just sort of like uh, excited for what they were doing. That's how important Adult Swim is to where they can just make play this one little teensy thing thinking nobody would notice and, you know, boom, everyone's just talking about it. Everyone's excited for what they're uh, celebrating. And I think I talked about before how um, I always wonder what Barack's show would be like if it was sort of how Aqua Teen was doing during the fourth season onwards, just that they were experimenting with more MA content, but Barack's show got canceled before all that. And now because of the stealth airings, because they were like this last minute decision, you can blatantly tell just by uh, both of that and C-Lab having MA-LSV ratings for completely different shows. And due to their system, they're probably going to be stuck with those ratings uh, permanently now. And depending on the turnout, Harvey Birdman might either be the last of the original batch to get an MA rating, or they might be the only one not to get one out of a rating bug. Because the Aqua Teen pilot has been MA since 2015 because of how that was a placeholder for the last episode during the final season. So I, I, I don't know, like they're, they're weird bugs, but they're really cool. It's strange to see them with that type of rating, but um, I, I don't know. In terms of just like me watching them again, I mean, I've, I've seen all those episodes like countless, countless times, but, uh, you know, it's really just a testament just to, like, how far we've gone. Like, last time I talked about Stroker and Hoop and how it sucked that we just ended off that one season by Christmas and then we never saw both of them again, but literally, like, the night after the stealth airings, like, another 4 a.m. slot, Casper Kelly does this infomercial, this short of uh, Danny Ketchup, where he just, like, takes this old movie and just, like, puts cartoon faces on him, and, like, Danny Ketchup was literally just, like, Stroker, like, he had that same accent, and it, it was just, like, fun, like, they just had that same type of fun that Stroker and Hoop used to have, 
And best believe I was laughing like a fucking idiot throughout that entire 11 minutes I was on. Like, that was the hardest I've laughed all week just by, you know, 3 or 4 a.m. in the morning. And I'm just, like, wheezing at this fucking short. I, I really hope they do more Danny Ketchup. I really hope that they just ignore the fact that it's supposed to be, like, an infomercial type thing. And, like, I, I just really hope they... I hope that they pick it up. I hope that they give that a chance because I really, really want to see more of that. And they had that Bebop marathon on Toonami, which was also very fun. It was a real bitch that they just edited out. Um, you know, they shortened the theme song and the credits, even though like back in the day, like that used to, I would love just hearing that on blast on TV. And now they... They really shortened it down for time. I guess I didn't realize how much ads were being shoveled down onto even Adult Swim now. But still a really cool marathon. I'm glad that was fan-constructed. There's been a lot of drama, a lot of just this massive shitstorm that AT&T has caused. And it, it's made me have negative thoughts about how Adult Swim uh, handles the entire thing. How, you know... Back in the day, they were dealing with a lot of, you know, still like uh, an equal, not an equal amount, but just like network interference and like uh, fear that uh, what they were doing would have consequences eventually. And they just, they kept going at it, not giving a shit. And it's like, if they could do that back then, when they were just getting their... um when they were just getting that branch of power by Nielsen and they were just, like, becoming more established then, like, if they could do that back then, I, I see no reason why they can't uh, do that now. I see no reason why they can't go back to just, like, uh, showing support for their employees and just, like, uh, speaking out when things go bad, not just for, like, that one lady that everybody, like, literally everybody was making fun of on Twitter, you know? I, I think they can do more than just that. When you have a team that goes completely under over something so ridiculous after eight years of you building them up to that point, that's a problem. That That's a real fucking problem. I think the way the whole online streaming thing turned out for them just like really made me wretch, just like really made me disgusted that you had these people that were working there from the ground up and now they're just like gone or who knows what what their plan is with them, but it's still, it's just, like, I, I don't know how you could just, like, let that slide and not, like, contribute or say anything about it. And besides all that, I mean, I, I would love Venture Brothers to come back like everyone else, but at this point, I'm not, I, I just don't really know how that's going to turn out. I really don't know if something's going to be done about that soon or not. And um, I think in terms of just like them canceling shows and just like quietly letting them just be thrown into the bin. Uh, I mean, we just got 12 ounce mouse back and I feel like that show doesn't stand a chance no matter how supportive I was about the return and everything. I just don't know. I, I don't see that. Um, really having a happy ending for that but I mean still I mean all I wanted out of that was just a reunion and I got exactly that so um after basically waiting like 15 fucking years just for them to come back at any capacity I was really satisfied with what I got it was like a really 
amazing season. And, um, uh, you know, Squidbillies, I had like high hopes for that since after Aqua Teen ended and the show was getting better, like better and better with each season. And I think it's really tragic because the new episodes were just hilarious. But of course, knowing the show, you know, people still aggressively hate it just for the look of it without actually watching it. And then you have the people that make the same reactionary jokes over and over again, like, what? This show that exists and I don't interact with, it's still going? What? You know, just like that same old tired reactionary joke just to be funny when no one's really laughing. And um, it, it it's just a shame because it has improved. I feel like it's improved quite a bit. And of course, Arnold Henson, he had to show his ass off and just be a complete bigot. And when I met him, he was acting all loosey-goosey and shit over the, you know, the girls that were in front of him that were like barely 18. And he was all flirtatious. And by the time I approached him, uh, he was just like in a real shitty mood, couldn't be bothered. And I didn't think he would be, didn't think he was racist toward me. Otherwise that, you know, that makes a lot of sense now. He probably held some type of prejudice, but uh, yeah, I just thought like uh, he was upset because I wasn't like a piece of ass he could grab that's like 40 years, like several years younger than him, you know what I mean? And now he spouted off all that fucking white pride shit. And within a day, he was scared for his fucking life just because like he knew what he said and he just, um, you know, just like changed his header to like a 50s car and just like changed everything around, deleted everything. And he made like a a quick apology and then he deleted it the second he heard that Squidbillies fired him. And, you know, that it's just really sad. Like that's such a pathetic way, like a cowardly dog just, you know, whimpering away like that. It's just really sad. And just like turned out to be a complete asshole. And it's because of him that, you know, uh, it feels like Squidbillies is basically blacklisted with him. Like nobody's going to want to be associated with that anymore. Which is a real fucking pain. Like this show shouldn't suffer just for what he did. But unfortunately, that is the case, I guess, because, you know, you might not want to admit it, but he was the bread and butter of that whole fucking show. Like he, he just was. You can't really pretend like his voice didn't contribute to it because it did. And it's also just sad that he listed into that whole thing for like years, like decade and a half. And he had no idea what he was actually doing. He had no idea what the role of early Kyler actually was, which I don't know how you could be a part of that thing for so long and just be absolutely oblivious to the parody and the amount of like subject matter and the fact that they're making fun of you in your face and you're just taking it and you're just going by that paycheck without really knowing like you are the joke you know and it's just really fucking sad and it's pathetic that they've gone on this long with the comedy and the musical aspect of it all and like all the accomplishments they've made for that will be underweighed by this entire thing. Like we've lost Billy Joe Shaver who composed the theme song for the show in a church, you know? And if you listen to the lyrics, like my dreams are all dead and buried. Sometimes I wish the sun would just explode. When God comes and calls me to his kingdom, I'll take all you sons of bitches when I go. Good luck getting that child support check from your mama. Like saying all that in what alleged house of God, you know, like that's how 
when everybody said like he was a rebel, like they meant that. They meant that about Billy Joe Shaver. And I've seen all the other guys, and I know for a fact like they are some of the most funniest group of people on the whole planet, you know. I don't think Dave and Jim's accomplishments should be reduced to just that what that one tool did to ruin it all. I, I don't think that all that years of hard work should just be ignored strictly because of what happened. And I, I don't know. I don't know if people are just going to like reject it or denounce it or whatever. I just, I don't know. Hopefully they can have like one last season or just like one last something. And if it's going to be just like thrown into the void of forgottenness, then I don't, I don't know what to say other than it was, you know, it's one of my favorite shows and I'm just sad that it had to end this way. And in terms of Adult Swim in general, like I am worried, but at the same time, you know, 20 years is a good run and I'm glad that I've supported it for that long. I'm glad that um, I, I've just seen it grow into this really magnificent thing that is uh, talked about by everyone now. And maybe 2021 really will be a better year for them. Maybe it will be something I can be enthusiastic about. I really don't know. But um, in terms of just, a, you know, in terms of me just ending off this year, I would like to say uh, thank all of you for supporting me. Thank all of you for listening. And um, I hope you stay tuned because as soon as January, like right around the start of it, I'll be able to work on Aqua Teen Essential. I'll be able to cover season two of Aqua Teen Hunger Force and I'll be able to do all these new types of things for exclusive content and I could just um, work harder at what I do and hopefully you guys enjoy but thank you all very much and have a happy new year.